You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad Sean Bryant. everybody to yet another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you by bradshaw and bryant kicking up the show this week comedian tj miller was in studio actor and comedian tj miller talking about fame baby fame next on the best of There's a real darkness to fame. It's yeah. like we've already had money oh, yeah. extorted, and you know, and it's just you become a moving target. Yep. Kate describes it as it's like if you walked on the street and you were wearing a suit of a hundred dollar bills. Like there were just hundred dollar bills everywhere. So everybody just thinks, Oh my gosh, they must be so rich. This guy tried to extort one point five million dollars from us. And from you and your wife? And Kate and I are going what $1.5 million? Like, can you show it to me? We want to look at it. Take a gander. You have to be uh, pretty high up on the fame uh, fame ladder to just have that much cash to be able, lying yeah, around. To be able to not get somebody to like dam- do damaging things to you, essentially. So, And we got hacked, and that was like a disaster. And so there's a lot of... Actually, I had a show recently where at, at the show... That I'm, the show that I'm doing right now in the act, I say, what are some of the most wonderful feelings that a human being can have? And somebody said, fame. And I said, no, that is simply not the case. Um, it just comes with all bad, no good. Like, the good is we get to skip lines. Like, that's the end of it. Right. And we can maybe get <laughs> a particular table at the restaurant. But the only reason we're doing that is because otherwise, you know, our dinner is interrupted constantly. And so, uh, you know, and, that, and I understand it, and I also understand why it frustrates her, because we'll be in a discussion or arguing a point, and somebody will just be like, hey, I hate to interrupt. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you really hated to, then you wouldn't have why interrupted. You do <laughs> right. So d- don't do even it. say that. Just be like, hi, I, I wanted to take a picture with you because I think that I'll become more popular on social media, which also in the act, I talk about how we're going to look back at social media. I'm thinking about... 10, 15 years, yeah. maybe sooner, like people look at smoking cigarettes Absolutely. in the 50s or 60s. But, you know, just say, I want to take a picture, I'm going to post it, and I hope it gets a ton of likes. And then people are going to be like, whoa, you have that social currency. What was it like meeting that person? Um, and so we used to actually sort of say, like, I oh, know we can't take a picture, but I want to meet you. I'm TJ. And then get their name and say, thank you for your support. And then after the election, I just started taking pictures again because I feel like, especially in Manhattan, yeah, Los oh Angeles, yeah. where I spent all my time, 
people just you know their days are, are are pretty dismal so they might as well like have a you know a kind of fun moment i always take a picture of kate's not there um and i take pictures with people that i work with but it's just i mean you you wouldn't even believe it and then you reach a level of fame um which i think you probably have which is people are like that's that person but i'm not going to bother them because They've probably been bothered a thousand times. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't know. I'd rather just leave someone alone. I think. I um. I have to ask you a question about this. Or it's fun to just say, "Love your work." Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I like what you yeah, do. Yeah, that'd be good. Or people yell, you know, keep on keeping on. But I'd say one out of every ten. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's return no, to that point. Bro. But one out of ten people. Um, yeah, one out of every ten interactions I have in New York City is like horrible. Like nine of them are just nice people. They want a picture. They see something nice, and then one is just this self-entitled white twenty-three-year-old college <laughs> graduate yeah. who's just like drunk during the day and is like, mm -hmm. "Hey, fuck you! Hey, fuck this guy! Right? Hey, that's a famous guy. He won't even pay attention to his fans. Everybody, right? Fuck you! Fuck him!" I've spent and, a lot of time uh, in New and, York, and, and, and you can get that reaction without being famous. Right, exactly. <laughs> Don't get too full here. Exactly. Go, it's so funny because everybody else on the street is like avoiding eye contact right. with her because they're like, well, this is the most embarrassing part of our city. There's a woman doing this? Fuck yeah, a 23-year-old girl. Oh, God. That's my least favorite demographic. <laughs> Self-entitled young white what, women. women? College, yeah. can, Millennials. Uh, college can produce some entitlement, it seems. Oh. No doubt about that. So my question is this. And college professors got to hate them. My deal. Well, they, they created them, though. <laughs> yeah, Don't <laughs> start. They were the ones who, they're the ones who created them. I work on a college yeah. Andy, you picked it a scab. Oh, uh, yeah. That deep one. But you're, For me. Uh, but you're also yeah. implying that it's your fault that I'm these self-entitled. I'm not a college professor. Oh, okay. I'm an equipment manager. Okay. Athletics. But I think, yeah, the police have to deal with these college kids. It's, so what was your question? So, I mean, in my situation, it's a localized thing. In your world, it's absolutely national and, at this point, international because, yeah. you know. It's, no, it is. I mean, we were it's, in. Yeah, it's international. Now. Yeah, we were in Iceland, and this guy was walking down the street. He stops, and he goes, hey, are you TJ Miller? Are you on that show? And I said, yeah. <laughs> are you on that show? And he goes show? like this. He goes, are you high right now? <laughs> First question. Out of the gates. And I was like... It's a great question. And, and I go, no, not really. Why? Are, are you high? And he was like, oh, yeah. And then he just walked away. <laughs> that was it. So my question to you is, when you first find out about that, that, you, that people know who you are, the th it, it was devastating to me how much people love money. I mean, they will do anything for money they'll harm anybody yeah they'll, they'll lie they'll lie they'll do i mean that really broke my heart it really did even big companies you know yeah. even there are companies that are you know the people at the top making the decisions who you're suing or what publicity stunt to do are doing that because they want money they want to yeah. figure out how yeah. to get some source of money everybody just believes that celebrities are famous lucky people that deserve you know to give you money because you're not happy with your life but as our driver says like i don't know how you live with yourself if you're that kind of person but yeah there are people that do that i've never had any international extortion yet not but, yet but you know I after mean, deadpool too you know There's the, time. the tough thing is plenty of time ready player yeah. one, once ready player one goes to streaming exactly. i am fucked yeah. uh no i think you know we just Lately, Kate and I have sort of starkly realized, like, we have to drastically change our lives yeah. and our lifestyle. And I think I was, fame sort of, I was catching up to the fame, the fame. I never, when I tweet, I don't think that it's going to over a quarter of a million people. Right. I just tweet. I just, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of interacting with fans, telling them that I'm doing shows. But, uh... You know, I just, I, I became much more famous than I was behaving for, for a very, very long time, for a decade. And now it's clear. I mean, because I mean, I'm an extrovert, I'm a people person, Murray's like that. Um, I, li I like, in New York City, I like 
as I'm walking home or something to like dip into a, a bar with some real history, you know, something right. that started in the early 1900s or the late 1800s and sit and start just talking to a stranger or have a conversation with the bartender. That's just my father-in-law is that way. That's just something that I, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. And that's over. Like it's, it's pretty much done because if I do anything that is in any way embarrassing or just anything like that, people will try and get an angle Yep. And then get some money, or they just want the social currency. They, you know, lately, uh, Kate and I have had a lot of. Um, it was it's it's been very frustrating. We had a lot of people kind of crawl out of the woodwork from high school, from grade school, from people that we don't even know, and they are very much, you know, they're trying. It's benevolent their their initiative, but they're trying to initiate the possibility of like. Hey, if you ever want to visit and kind of hide away, we, I, I can rent a cabin in Virginia. Or, hey, are things okay? This is my experience in my life. Here's my advice to you. I just, you know what it is? Unsolicited advice and unsolicited. Uh, hey, we can be your your hideaway, your right. sort of right. Palm Springs or Desert Hot Springs for Al Capone or somebody like that. And and what Kate and I have really talked about is like. You know, we are, uh, you know, we don't need that. And it's also, it's self-serving because it's, they have the social currency. They're looking for the social currency, either subconsciously or consciously to be able to say, well, I'm the one that they came and visited. And right. Meanwhile, right. Kate found us and we live in like a fortress in New York City and you know we know our neighbors in the building and all that kind of stuff but uh you know kate sort of explained that like i not even explained but we just like we we don't i do local press to promote the shows but we just don't talk to the press anymore you know people want to and i think there is something to that and i wish i would have learned it sooner but like the press right now, because the news cycle is 24 hours and they have to have cl- everything's clickbait, you know, yeah. online it's all Zuckerberg smashed by so and so, or this person right. totally destroyed this person. Watch so, and it's it's really mean spirited and it's uh really strange. And pe- so, the media in general is not trying to help anybody. And like I say in my show, you don't refresh your news app and get and be like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> I, just, no. I just found out no, that uh, everybody in Mississippi found a small toy chest of gold doubloons. What a great day. It's never that. It's always terrible. And so that's another thing that I talk about in the show is like I, I thank the audience um, for ripping their attention away from these screens that I think are kind of ruining our lives and like making a night of it going to dinner you know even eating at the club because they have really really good food watching a live show shutting off their their fucking cell phones for an hour and a half and then having the rest of the night either going out and partying and talking about the show or going home and you know, having had an experience where that they can talk about and relive and all that kind of stuff, so I'm you know I'm very very much into that, and that's why I like, um, that's why I like traveling and doing stand up because it's also me spending my time with you. I'm coming to you. Right. I'm in Bloomington, Minnesota, in the largest mall in North America. Unless you ask Edmonton, and they'll say that they have <laughs> the exactly. largest. And I love that everybody here knows Edmonton. Like if I said that, if I said that, shit, right? Exactly. If I said that in New York, everybody would be like, "Emma, what?" <laughs> and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I came. I'm in a hotel that's attached to a mall, and I don't necessarily need to be here, but I want to very much. So I don't want to be away from my wife four days a week right yeah. but i'm on tour every weekend for the through august and uh you know so i like that but when it, i'm i'm understanding that when it comes to being famous for things like deadpool and ready player one and you know whatever it is uh office christmas party or if she's out of my league two very well done gag driven comedies i call them hangover movies because if you see them on tv 
on a Sunday and you're hungover, you just are like, hey, I'm going to leave this on because I, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm going to get some giggles here in a second. And my head feels like shit. Uh, just to stay out of it. Just like we went to the premiere of Love Gilda, which is really good, but Tribeca Film Festival, that was their opening film. It's a documentary about Gilda Radner. It's it's yep. everything. It's fantastic. And uh, we just were past that point where we kind of get dressed up and do the photos and then the press line and all that kind of stuff. And we just go in the back. Like, we just want to see the fucking movie. Like, I don't need everyone to be taking pictures of me. I don't need to talk to everybody. I'm not that guy. I'm not that comedian. You guys can kind of tell from how unfunny I've been on the the podcast but no 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 no, no but uh, this conversation is but, very important but it's uh you know it is it's now it's almost being forced upon us but we just you know we become more reclusive honestly we just I, I don't need to be on all the time i don't need to be the center of the attention in the room in fact a big part of why i left silicon valley was because 5 months out of the year i was in los angeles mm-hmm. and if kate was visiting she's kind of not doing any of her career because she's a mixed media artist and that all lives in New York City I didn't like Los Angeles and I wanted to do more stand up and you know so that's that's kind of that's that's what I love and I, I love doing films because and even more than television because they have such a permanence to them like we've all seen our favorite movie probably 20 times or something like that. Absolutely. And uh, in a lot of movies, we've seen two or three times. And that's not the case with, like, I haven't gone back and watched The Sopranos. Like, I loved Breaking Bad, but I don't take, like, three weeks to binge watch. Like, I knew what happened. I had enough time with them. But a great movie, at the end of it, you're like, no, it's over. Ah, shit. And that's kind of what Love Gilda was like. And then we just rolled out of there conspicuously... I was, you know, and and then went, you know, to a friend of hers house, but it's getting to be a lot more like visiting one or two people at their house or having people come to our house and much less, you know, going to restaurants and things like that. And so that's kind of a bummer, but I think we have a battery of psychological professionals to try and keep us sane. And I think uh, Dr. Bruno was really smart when he said, um, you know that you knew that there would be a sacrifice for fame, um, and you just the problem is you didn't know what size sacrifice it would be. Yeah, and you and, also didn't you couldn't read people. You you probably didn't know some people, not all people, but some people can be as bad as they are. Yeah, that's very true. And then you know, also it's good people like my family trying to help and not having boundaries, and so we've sort of receded from communication with our family also if i could do this and nobody knew who i was it would be the best thing in the world but that's the uh dark side effect of trying to be a successful entertainer and i do films you know i do i'm a commercial artist and kate's kind of the street credit real deal but um i do the emoji movie and i do um transformers 4 and ready player one and deadpool and those are movies where, yeah, if I go to China, people are like, no way, you're the toddler-bodied guy with the weird hair <laughs> who always has a strangely quaffed beard. And uh, that's Kate and Holy Smokes. And so it has kind of come to that place. But, um, you know, what you're sacrificing and what you receive is this incredible thing, which is... And again, it's it's great money, but everybody who's evil is trying to take that money away from you, including Correct. business managers and agents <laughs> and all kinds of people. Um, but you do get to make, especially with movies, millions, hundreds of millions of people laugh. And I really do believe comedy is this great opiate that is actually healthy for you and just takes you out of the tragedy that sort of permeates everyday life and everybody's got to that's why with hecklers i'm very um i ask them very sternly to stop and then we eject them and your club is great about that yeah but they're making the show about themselves and they're interrupting what i'm trying to do which is like 
you know, somebody will, I'll, I'll mention something about something and someone will be like, my uncle has cancer. Well, everybody oh, has an God. uncle with cancer. Everybody has experienced, you know, the heartache of someone committing suicide because they didn't think they had the resources. You're not the only one. Every single person has problems that they're dealing with every single day. And so to come to the comedy club, to drink, to take your mind away from that stuff is really good. And then, you know, the best thing I can do on a television show or in films or on stage is say something that like later on that week you kind of remember it and you're like, <laughs> like just to chuckle to yourself at work, you know, when you're like, when will this day end? That's nice when I do have people that are like, every time I wash my hands, I think about that joke, man. It's great. <laughs> the joke, I should tell the joke, otherwise that's very strange. Uh, it's um, that it's true that the amount of time that it takes to hygienically clean your hands uh, is the exact same amount of time it takes to sing happy birthday. Have you guys heard that? Yeah. I, okay, thought, I thought it was twice. I was like, though. I can't bring the... <clears throat> I can't bring just the white people smell like wet dogs when they get out of the pool information. <laughs> that would be that'd be not exactly what you want to do. So uh, that's fine, and I do sing happy birthday every single time I wash my hands. <laughs> but whenever I'm in a public restroom alone and somebody else walks in, it just looks like I'm having the saddest birthday ever. <laughs> like just like happy birthday. Oh, thanks, you're the first one and only one to come. <laughs> I chose this location because it smells horrible. And so people will, uh, yeah, they'll be like, I wash my hands and I sing happy birthday. And I just think that's fun. That's a fun sort of lifting you out of your reality for a moment. And then that's also why I do advertising. I love, uh, you're going to see, we live in a capitalist society. You're going to see that stuff anyway. So why not make it funny? So I have a question for you. Do you often get to talk about things the way you just talked about them? No. This is the first. And I think that's wonderful. The first time, and the first time in a long time, but I think... No, that's good. It's that's ta- really good. It's taken some time. Also, I, I talk about this in my act time. I think in a post-religious, post-meaning society is the closest thing that we have to a deity because it's the only thing that's omnipresent, omniscient, and omn, uh, omnipotent. And... Uh, yeah, we're always talking about saving time and wasting time and, you know, that weird expression, only time will tell, which means time knows, but it'll it'll let you know later. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, it really, really does feel like it. But I do, I, I spell time with a capital T because I do believe that it takes, like time is very powerful. And so we really took some time in silence, uh, you know, or at least have tried to. And uh, and and once that time passes, I think we'll be able to speak more openly about. But I just I don't I don't think, you know, I had this troll on my fucking Twitter sent a DM that was like, "Why do I find you so unappealing?" That's what she oh, said. God. So first of all, oh, great God. great conversation started. <laughs> Way to go on that one. Yeah, you seem personable. That's and. And I said to her, I was like, because you don't know me in person, you don't know who I am, right. you've never met me. And she was like, that's a good point. And then I said, you find me to be a very kind, generous person who's incredibly authentic and uh, and has good intentions and, and does comedy for you and everyone else. And then she she sort of did a 180 and was like, oh, well, I stand corrected. Now I'm a fan and thank you. And then a couple of days later, she goes, how did I do a 180 so quickly? And I said again, because you've stopped thinking about me as a celebrity and started right. thinking about me as a human person. And I think I'm just, I actually have for reals had the media just be vicious, just vicious towards Kate and I, towards Kate. I mean, that's hard to, that's almost harder to watch people texting her and direct messaging her and Facebook posting and just, you know, just being mean. Why are you with this idiot? You know, you must be stupider than him to even put up with his antics. And, and that's just a mean, like she doesn't need that. She doesn't want that from a stranger. She, and she's not going to engage them because it doesn't work to be like, look, you don't know him. I live with them. And then that, that's all they want. They want that kind of, Attention! And so the internet. I had a pin tweet for a while. <laughs> he says social media is terrible. Uh, I had a pin tweet for a while that said that the internet 
uh, as turned the world into high school. And Kate sort of did an addendum where she said it's actually turned uh, a lot of people back to like junior high. And I think that's really true. I think you're what's that? Andy always says that. Yeah, I mean, he's gone back to junior high school now. It's it's just the the insults being hurled, the lack of empathy, the lack of understanding that these things are said and they have emotional repercussions for the person that you're throwing it at. I actually was really happy to have played Ehrlich for so long because I always gained weight for that role. And when I did the Emoji movie, I got all this hate. And it, but it, it, a lot of it included body shaming. And it was all, you know, it was all red hats that were just like, you stupid, fat, libtard, snowflake piece of shit, you fat ass. <laughs> You loser. Like yeah, you fat fuck. Now your fucking career's over. The Emoji oh, movie got 13%. Meanwhile, I'm in a Steven Spielberg movie. I just right. did a film with Kristen Stewart, and Deadpool 2 is coming out, and also How to Train Your Dragon 3. So they don't. I guess they don't understand how films work, but yeah. Yeah, you don't like make one, then make the next one, and they release it after a month. And also, the Emoji movie killed. Like, Sony executives, I've been in meetings, and they've been like, Ugh, the emoji. We made so much fucking money off of that <laughs> film. And they kind of casually like, sorry about the Rotten Tomatoes score, but whoa, did we bring in international. <laughs> so they, they don't care about it at all. I also love, so I experience that kind of body shaming, and I feel like I have a little bit more empathy for women who experience that on a consistent basis. Um, but it just, it's people are so mean, and it doesn't make sense, the snowflake insult. Because uh, each snowflake is unique and its own beautiful, natural creation. <laughs> so that's just so strange. You'd be like, these uh, fucking unicorns, these goddamn <laughs> golden gooses. Like, it's, it doesn't make a lick of sense. And they got to, you know, these cucks, like they stole that from cuckolded and... But they got they got to work harder. Libtard is yeah, okay. Libtard. Yeah, libtard. It's okay, but they got to come up with something else that's much better. You know, I literally something about all liberals smell like wet dogs, dogs. when they get out of the pool. <laughs> all of them. It's all true. Or wet raccoons. They gotta make it worse. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, TJ, now Murray, have you checked? Are all the shows sold out now? Sold out, sold out, sold out, except for Sunday. Still except got for Sunday. Sunday. And, and I, I mentioned this on your show earlier, but I love a Sunday crowd because a, yep. a Thursday night crowd is pretty crazy. they got to go to work the next day. Sunday night crowd, especially in Minnesota, they are drinking. This is a weekend yeah. night, and they have a full week of work ahead of them. That The first two days are just going to be getting over the hangover. and um, So, yeah, come on. Come on Sunday, and there aren't many tickets left, are there, Murray? I don't think. Not too many tickets left. No, Get your tickets so buy your tickets now. Don't be a silly goose. There's one Definitely ticket left, so you better hurry. <laughs> one ticket. You can split it in half if the person you bring with you sits on your lap. That's exactly right. I advise that for couples, not guy friends. I will tell you something. It can be uncomfortable. I really, really enjoyed this whole situation because I was just you know, like I said, for me, it's a local thing. For you, it's an international thing. But to hear you be so honest about this, I don't get the chance to do that. I'm glad that you well, took this chance to do that. It was really interesting to hear. Well, thank you for saying it. And I had fun talking with you on your other show. I mean, I think a big thing is that podcasting in the weirdest way can allow people to be truly, truly authentic. That's how Mark yep. Marin became who he is now. Right. But... uh you know, I think we've had some time from stuff and we've learned some hard lessons. And the luckiest thing is because Kate and I are so solid and we've known each other since college, um, you know, we have each other's back on everything. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was TJ Miller on the best of. Coming up next, Lingon Mitra was in the studio talking about comedy in Boston. Next on The Best Of... Sorry, I got, you know, there used to be music playing back when this was a professional outfit, but, you know, I... Uh, 
Can't so anyway, I just was telling Doug how much I hated him, but <laughs> again, well, actually, I use that I use it on Bilski, so I can't use it on you too. I have never liked you. Aha, uh-huh. Alingan Mitra with us, ladies and gentlemen, at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. Both of the early shows sold out, and tickets are selling quickly for the 10.30 shows as well. So you definitely want to get over there. And we've talked about the fact that uh, I, I have yet to meet someone who does not like working at Acme. Yeah, it's the it's the best. Uh, I, I tell, like, I, I work in New York, so I'm hanging out right. in the comics. Whenever right. I mention that I'm coming to Acme, they're all jealous. <laughs> yeah, so it's I mean, a great club. There was a guy I ran into down at the uh, Improv in, in West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever worked there or not. Matter of fact, I think TJ's going to be there in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I was seeing uh, Paul Mercurio. Sure, yeah. yeah. We talked about it. Paul was down there, and Paul's an old friend. I've known him for years and years. There, he had a couple of openers, and one of the guys opening for him came over. He said, uh, hey, Tom, I just want to introduce myself. And I said, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. He goes, so you and Paul are good friends? I said, yeah, I've known Paul for years. Really good guy. He said, uh, do you know Do you know Lewis Lee? I said, <laughs> yeah, I know Lewis really well. As a matter of fact, my podcast is in the same building as uh, Acme. Oh, man, I would I would love to work at Acme. Soda. I said, where are you from? And he goes, from Florida here, but his dream is to work, work at, at Acme. Acme. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's an it's an oasis because you go through a lot of clubs where they don't really care as much about the comedy, but Lewis and all the people at Acme that give it the like the due respect that we comics can you with you know can you tell by the name of the club like is there ever one called <laughs> no, yeah, chuckle house that's good or <laughs> do know, they all a, suck no it's surprising like sometimes the it'll be a terrible name and they'll treat the comedy well and sometimes okay. it'll be like a good name and you're just like oh this is not the place to yeah. do it and yeah <laughs> it's a good so what do they do i mean without naming yeah. any clubs what do they do that how do you open a comedy club and you don't care about the comedy <laughs> i i ask myself that all the time when i'm there i I feel like sometimes people just like back into owning a comedy oh, club yeah, or something. Maybe. You know, there's some strange reason it, that they have a comedy club. Is it some place that just do it to like just to sell drinks? Well, yeah, exactly right. The, yeah, I suppose the model is more for turning over food and drinks, drinks than it yeah. is for like creating good comedy in a good environment. So, yeah. Well, but that will collapse eventually because there's you know why go to a comedy club if it's all it is is basically a restaurant where you can't talk to one another so. yeah you you'd think it would collapse <laughs> but it's yeah. uh like if you're if you're giving away tickets and things like that people or it's like in a in a venue where there's more tourists people are just like coming through you know yeah. has anyone ever tried to model where the tickets are free but the f- you, so they make all their money off the food yeah, I mean, there's That'd a, be an interesting. There's, uh, a, there's a lot of clubs that will, you know, quote unquote, paper the room. That's where you're giving away the tickets, um, but then you're being charged for the food and the drinks. That's that's pretty common. Does that work? Yeah, that's that that is that is a very popular model. Mm. But what ends up happening is you devalue the comedy then because mm-hmm. you're like, well, yeah. I don't really care about who's yeah, performing. That's true. Yeah, um, it would be interesting if the reverse happened, where they were like, okay, we'll give you a free food or free drinks but you pay for the ticket so now you're like valuing the comedy but um have, it just, just doesn't have again. you ever done a place that's like a restaurant 90 percent of the time mm-hmm. and then has a comic in on saturday night <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's pretty common actually in boston uh, a lot of comedy rooms started in chinese restaurants so you'd have really? like yeah like uh there's a, there's a couple of places one the the original place called Ding Ho, where a lot of like uh, Boston, like uh, original stalwarts came out of, was a Chinese restaurant. And then there was a place called the Comedy Studio in Cambridge that was out of the Hong Kong restaurant. Um, for some reason, Chinese food and comedy work well enough. I got to tell Louis Lee that he should serve <laughs> Chinese food. <laughs> no, but the reason why I asked that. Yeah. And the restaurant is now closed or is closing Pepito's. Yeah, that whole family. That was like two two or three generations of people. Right. A Mexican it, restaurant it was a Mexican restaurant uh-huh. in yeah. South Minneapolis. But Sunday nights, they would have comedy. Yeah. Just out of the blue. Yeah. It's it was like, a good restaurant, too. Yeah. And they had good comedy, too. Because Joe, I think Joe's retiring. Isn't that why they're closing it? Yeah. So yeah. are they going to close the restaurant? But somebody else bought the restaurant, didn't they? I, that I'm not sure. I think. I'm not sure because they moved some of the stuff to the, the Riverview uh, movie theater right next door. Some of the comedy shows. 
at least people knew that there was going to be comedy because a lot of times what ends up happening when you're starting off is like you're in a bar and you're going to do a show and the people there don't even know and all of a sudden somebody goes up on a mic and announces it like hey guys there's comedy here tonight and everybody's just like well this is not what i'm here for and then you're just like holding them hostage yeah unfortunately that night it was um it was a sunday and i was in my early 30s and i was playing sunday softball with a bunch of friends some from uh, college and whatnot and that was our like place to go eat and drink after playing Mm -hmm. and we get there and it was like oh they're gonna have comedy tonight (laughs) and they kept hyping up the comic he had been on this show and that show was it tj no it wasn't TJ. (laughs) but the poor guy just bombed ah sure yeah and it just and one the the (laughs) Our team was mostly black and Hispanic, but we had one white guy. And the one white guy was the guy, he was the one heckling the comic throughout the show. Oh, man. Was, and the comic was also white. It's like, yeah, it's not where's, what weird land have I landed in right now where everything, you know. And this is like, at a Mexican restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're looking for right there. Are, are there a lot of places? One thing, the first time I was ever in Acme, Many, many years ago, I walked in, and I was shocked at how close the front row is to the stage. Because mm-hmm. most places, that'd be really uncomfortable, I think. For some reason, it works. Why does that work at Acme? Because in most places, it wouldn't work that well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The way Acme is designed is kind of ideal for a comedy room, where you've it got is. the low ceilings, people are very uh. close together, and you're very close to the stage. There's there's something in comedy where the farther away you are from the stage, it's like a, it's known as like the moat, where you just lose the comedy. Like the laugh just dies in that moat. So the closer people are, the better it is for comedians. Yeah, and it, but other people, at least what I've heard, other people have tried that. And maybe it is that the ceiling does have the, the, the height of the ceiling has something to do with that, mm-hmm. because they try to put people right up next to the stage, and it doesn't seem to work. But maybe it's because they got you know the high ceilings, or if there's a first of all, the the acoustics are really good at Acme mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Of maybe, and maybe, maybe again because of the low ceiling. But it's uh, the only thing about Acme that I, I'm not a big fan of is they will tell you, and it, usually it's the comedian themselves saying. Hey, look! I'm I'm doing a new special, and uh, we're recording the show tonight. It's like, oh, don't tell people that. <laughs> don't because then you got a guy next to you, and it's like, oh, their recording is going to be on a national uh, national recording. It's going to be great. So they laugh like this. Ah! It's like, oh, please don't do. That. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy. Well, and Bobby Slayton. Yeah. I don't know oh. if you were at that show that night. The guy in front of me kept repeating the jokes word oh, for word. Oh, I hate that. Right oh, after the comic says right it. Right after he says it, this guy would repeat what the comic <laughs> just said. It's like, Bobby, I blame you. That's all I have to say. Now, it's, it, it just, what I was told by Lewis Lee, and I didn't know this either, he said, when Tom, when you started 30, no, it's now 33 years ago, nobody had ever talked to comedians on the radio before in this town. Mm. Now, I assume they had in other towns. I don't know. But it just seemed like a natural to me that you would have comedians on a morning radio show. But apparently they had never done it before. And there are still not many in town that do it, are there? I mean, you got John Hines, who's an old friend of mine, does it at CCO. Yeah. Are there any other? I, I don't know in this market what, how I don't it works. Think so. yeah. I don't think anybody, is there anybody else that does mm. it, JB? No. no. Why not? Probably can't handle it. Probably. Yeah, maybe. No, they just wanted them to come in and do their act. Yeah, which, which is the you, you worst thing. That. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I could understand maybe it's like, oh, we're a little, it depends on who you bring in, obviously, but it's a little bit of a wild card on like a morning radio show if somebody's going to, I don't know, start swearing or something. Yeah. You got delay, though. Right. Yeah, yeah. You should be able to manage it. But. I mean, the only guy, the only, there's only one guy that I literally have to say, if you don't leave now, I am going to kill you. Because <laughs> he was such a jerk. What the hell was his name again? I can't think of that guy's name, oh, but I God, know what you're talking he about. He disappeared, man. I mean, I don't know. His career disappeared. That's what I mean. That. He just, he was just, he sits down and he says, I don't feel like being funny today. <laughs> I was like, "What?" I said, "Hey, you know, it's fine. We can talk about other things." Where he goes, "Nah, I just, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. I just don't feel like being funny today." I said, "Well, you're doing a good job of that, so that, you know, that's a <laughs> hey, good you're thing." You're really nailing it. Yeah, I just figured I'd try to loosen him up a little bit. Yeah. 
He said, yeah, I don't, I don't even know why I do radio shows because I, all I have to do is hop on social media and I sell places out, so I don't really even know what I'm doing here. Mm. So I said, you got to go. Yeah, there's no reason for you to be here. Yeah, there's no reason for you to be here. You got to go. What was his name? Colin something. Colin. I don't know. God, what a, oh, God, <laughs> I'll never forget as long as I live. It's like, why would you come in and do that? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. I, but it, it must have been recent then, because if it was like a social media era. It was the last No, three, it was like, three years three, yeah, about three, about four three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, so it wasn't like 15 years ago or something. No, Friends. no, it was like three or four years ago. And the guy was just being weird as hell, and then he just disappeared. So I don't know if he just popped a bolt or what. Yeah. <laughs> he lost his mind. Because yeah, he, didn't, he didn't do any shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. He left town. He left town. Oh, he went to the airport he, like, and left. Fled town. the, <laughs> fled yeah. the city. He and, did. And they had to bring his career. They had to bring in career. They had to bring in an emergency act. Wow. Yeah, they brought in Jimmy. They brought in, Jimmy, they brought in uh, uh, who the hell did they bring in? Oh, I remember. Was it Schubert? No. It yeah, Jimmy Schubert. Yeah. They brought him in. They flew him. I don't know if you know. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, I know Jimmy guy. from Last Comic Standing. Yeah, Jimmy's a great guy. So they had to fly him in to do the shows because the guy went to the air. He left the radio station. He went straight from from the radio station <laughs> to the airport. I just like, what are you what? doing? Oh, that's a great story. This is uh, honestly that is like a dream of mine, though. <laughs> just to do it now. Just to, just to do it once. Just to do it once. Now that guy is talked about. Yeah, but, but I can't, can't remember, remember. Can't remember his, can't name. his name. And everybody hates him. But uh, it was Colin something. Colin. But, but if someone does that, that's a sign of a real problem. Yeah, he he, he had some emotional problems. I don't know what they were just, caused just, by, or maybe you know, if a you're a comedian or something, and that's your job to say, oh, I'm just don't feel like being funny. You, that's it's it's just I don't know it's a comedian you don't feel like being funny it's just that's that's what you it's part of what you're what doing you are, I mean, yeah sometimes, you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> you might be run down you might be worn out you might be depressed there might be things on your mind but still you have you have this energy or you have this work to do yeah yeah if anything like the stage is generally like that place where you can yeah. put that stuff aside yeah you know well, that's why you, you're in the business you're in yeah. I would have said Colin Kane that was his name that's, yeah that's was Colin Kane <laughs> you remember him, huh? No, I don't. I don't know. But I don't know what happened to him. He, I think he was on... Uh, I, think, I think he's on Chelsea's show. Yes, I yes. think he was. Yeah, I think he was on Chelsea's show. I think that's exactly right. She was not exactly a great guest either. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a handful. <laughs> I think she's funny. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen... Oh, I don't know if her, her show didn't... Her show on Netflix, I don't Got think... Got canceled. Yeah. I didn't, yeah she, I didn't she's really. hard to work with, I guess. Is it? That's what they tell me. <laughs> she was hard to interview. And I don't know, you know, I've, you've been on the show a couple of times, and I pretty much let people talk about whatever they want to talk about. You want to be serious, and then be serious, and you want to do comedy, that's great. Yeah. So, but she was, she was difficult. She yeah, was that difficult. I never understand. Like, if I get it if you're being forced into, like, doing bits, right? right. Then you're like, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do that. But if you're just being spoke, like, having a conversation, who right. cares what's going on? It's very rare, though. I usually have a lot of fun. Uh, I would say they're handful. What, don't you think? Yeah. Maybe about a handful of people who are just a pain in the ass. Andy Rooney was the biggest oh, jerk yeah. I ever my Andy life. Rooney? Oh, what a horrible <laughs> Oh, what a terrible guy. I thought you would have put Shirley McLean at the top Shirley of the Shirley didn't. Yeah, but that wasn't her fault. She just didn't like me. <laughs> I mean, so I understand. It's like, What did I, Andy Rooney do? Uh, he comes on, and I uh, said, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Rooney, uh, 60 Minutes, uh, he has a new book out, and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, Mike Gelfand, who was also on the show, said something. goes, oh, takes two of you to do this show, huh? Like, well, I don't know about that. but uh, And then he just went off on, so what was he? Well, I think you said there's a lot more of us, too. Yeah, there's a lot more of us, too. That's because right. there's, a, there's about... Six yeah, to eight people on a, on a given day. Okay. <clears throat> so, and then he said something about, uh, well, I just, uh, I don't know how comfortable I am with all of that. I said, well, it got to the point that it was just, it was not going to happen. So I said, <laughs> why don't we just uh, do this interview at another time? Right. And he said, oh, how about never? <laughs> I said, how about you're an a- <laughs> How about that? And oh, Andy, was- I ran over again. Sorry. Andy's got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. on Mitra, ladies and gentlemen, at Acme tonight and tomorrow, 8 and 10.30. Great to see you again, my friend. Likewise, I likewise. you coming in. We'll I'm fleeing the country now. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fleeing the country. We'll be back to Ombardarge.
best of the Tom Bernard podcast. And I just laughed it all. I, 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 I laughed it all. And I tell them that it did not mean a thing. on the best of coming up next closing out the show we're opening up the old vault all the way back to episode 353 with a Canadian double up Paul Meyerhog next we used to go Tommy, we've got uh, Paul Meyerhog in the uh, studio right now at the House of Comedy this weekend. Paul. Tommy. How are you? <laughs> good, brother. How are you? Marvelous. It's been forever, fact. Tommy. Remember all those good times we had? All the great times when you... You know what I love is people from Alberta, Canada who have a New York accent. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Tommy. <laughs> Down in Florida, Tommy. You remember all those good times, Tommy? I remember the times. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. Bang. <laughs> oh, man. Bang. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's no. my Alberta, New York accent. Oh, man. Bang. Now, where, where, where are you from uh, originally? I was uh, born in Camrose, Alberta, which is east of Edmonton, uh, and I now live in uh, London, England. You live in London? I do. Why don't you live in... You lived in Toronto for a while. Yeah, I lived in Toronto for years and uh, also Vancouver for years. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, Vancouver is, uh, is unreal. Remember, Tommy, we had good times in Vancouver, Tommy. Oh, God. Yeah, I will tell you this. One thing, that uh, Vancouver Island, um, there are a lot of Barnards on Vancouver Island. For some reason, uh, they're not related. Well, I might be related to them. I don't know. But I, was to, I, was asked, I always get asked by people, are you from Vancouver Island? I said, no. How far is the city of Vancouver from Vancouver Island? It is, uh, well, the ferry ride is about an hour and a half. Uh, so, I, I don't know. It's probably about a two and a half hour round trip. Yeah. yeah. Did you go out there? Quite a bit. Uh, yeah, actually, um, there, there's a great comedy club there called Hecklers, and uh, I'm actually there next week. So I, ca- I go straight from Minnesota to the island, uh, and and honestly, it's probably my favorite room in, in Canada. I don't want to piss off the other clubs, but that uh, it's an amazing comedy club. I'm telling Rick Bronson you turned on him. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is just a good friend. Man. He's a great guy. Yeah, unbelievable guy. Yeah, for sure. And his clubs are beautiful, and I'm excited that the other two are up and running in New Jersey and, and Phoenix, too. Well, we could talk about that now because he told me about him, but he, he didn't give me the nod I could talk about him. Oh, really? I don't know if we're allowed to either, but I saw them on uh, <laughs> last night. Edit this. Uh, <laughs> edit on the spot. Yes. Um, no, we're. Uh, I'm not too sure, but I saw. I think I saw them on Twitter because I. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think, uh, uh, but anyway, maybe I'm, I'm not too sure right. what's going on. But I just very quickly wanted to mention the reason I asked you. Uh, I said uh, you're from Alberta, Canada, originally. That. Catherine and I, my lovely wife Catherine and I. Hello. Uh, Hi, Catherine. Honeymoon. <laughs> our honeymoon, we flew into Calgary. Yes. And then uh, we uh, took a horseback ride to the top of Saddleback Mountain. Oh, wow. And then ra- wa- white water rafted down the Red Deer River. Amazing. What do you think of that for a honeymoon? Yeah. That was that was my part of the honeymoon, actually. And then guess what Tom wanted to do? He wanted to go to Florida, that Tommy. No, uh, we, no. Ended up in, we ended up in the Chateau Lake Louise. We did. We ended up at Chateau Lake Louise. It was fabulous. We roughed it for me and luxuriated for him. Oh, isn't that a gorgeous place? That, yeah, it's a palace. That, that sounds amazing. Unbelievable. And that's really a really was. adventurous honeymoon, you two. That's not a, that's not a normal oh, choice. I'm really proud of you guys. Okay, let me, let me point something out. Uh, every day on the horse and every night sleeping in the tent, I would utter, what the fuck? (laughs) You liked it. At least you said you did. That's back in the day before everything sucked to you. One of the great things I'll tell you is when we went down... We uh, whitewater after down the Red Deer River. We had a guy from uh, uh, from Eastern Canada, but he was originally from Ireland. What's his name? And Pete. I can't remember his name, but he told me we were drinking around the, the campfire one night, and and he got pretty lit up, and I got I was going pretty well. Being Irish. Being Irish, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> told me. 
Tommy, I don't want to piss you off, but uh, let me tell you something. The one fucking battle we had between Canada and the United States, we kicked your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 1812, baby. 1812. <laughs> oh, he wanted to let me know. You need to know that Canada kicked the United States. Isn't that <laughs> hilarious? Yeah, we, we burned down the White House. We're very proud yes. of Yes. Mm-hmm. Burned down the White House. I did point out to him, I said, look, we're from Minnesota. All people in the United States think Minnesotans are Canadian, so don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Honestly, I, uh, Paul, I'm not kidding you. Everywhere you go in the United States, where are you from, Minnesota? Oh, you're Canadian. Yeah, I'm yeah. a Canadian. No, no, but yeah, and you, you're our favorite state because of that, and sure. because of the accent. And I'm telling you, people love the Vikings uh, uh, football team because of that. You guys, we figure that you're the most similar uh, to us. But it's got to oh, be yeah. that the accent, right? The you guys, your inflection yep. comes up just like ours. Like, How's it going? You know, everything's <laughs> great. <too." laughs> well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> get carried away with this. No. It, it is true though, and I just matter of fact, down where we are down here, my my best friend. Well, one of my I have two or three really good friends down here. One of them is from Toronto, Doug Dawson. Doug Dawson, double D. What's fabulous though for me, Paul, is that the, the, the my top two friends down here, Doug Dawson from Toronto, and then Johnny Barr is from Gadsden, Alabama. And here's what I love about the, the three of us: we get together, and Johnny Barr from Alabama will say. Hey, Dougie, Dougie, do me a favor, will you? Say the word house. And he goes, hoose. He goes, huh, Tom, ain't that funny? He thinks that house is pronounced hoose. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're both fucked. <laughs> okay. How about that? Uh, what do you house? Yeah, it's pronounced house. Mm. Well, it's, no, it's not, Johnny. I'm sorry. But it's so funny that people from their own regions think, well, that's the way everything is pronounced. And I just, no, it's not. Yeah, and they wouldn't realize that they have an accent, right? They, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. And then you're, you, the way you say house is somewhere right in the middle of that. You would say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I just, no, and I'm not bullshitting you here. Canadians are some of my favorite people in the world. I just love Canadians. Always have. Oh, I, that's nice of you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. We, pre- we, pre- we appreciate the support down here. That's nice. Well, Ian Bag, a perfect example. Yeah, oh, you know Ian? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, great unbelievable. Guy. Unbelievable guy. Great hockey player and a terrific comic, man. Holy smokes, can that guy rip. Now, wait a second. Hockey player? I never heard about this. Yeah, yeah. He run, uh, He has still plays hockey down in Los Angeles with a, with a group of uh, comics, actually. They play, I think it's every week. You'd have to ask Ian, but I'm pretty sure they have a weekly game in Los Angeles. And You're then, not Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> you are not Canadian because you say hockey. Hockey. You can't say it with an H and be Canadian. Hockey. Aki. <laughs> They're on to me. They're on to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure from the accent, Don, that he is Canadian. He is Canadian. You know who he sounds like, Tom? Ian Begg. No, you know who he sounds like to me? David Valentini sounds a lot like him. Well, David has. Now, David Valentini is, is an attorney, a friend of ours, Paul, in uh, Minnesota. And he is from the Iron Range in northern Minnesota. And they sound really, really. I mean, they they have a Canadian accent all the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, it's completely Canadian. Well, even out where I lived in Dayton, I mean, some oh of the yeah, people, some of the people out there, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. they have that whole thing going. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> Here's one of my favorite stories as far as Minnesotans are concerned. I can't. I think it was. I don't remember what town she was from, but when I first met Catherine, her roommate was from a small town in Minnesota. Um, and this woman was nice and trying to be polite, and she thought she was being politically correct, too. She said, well, where are you from? Where is your host? <laughs> and I said, uh, originally I'm from North Minneapolis. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, North Minneapolis. There's a lot of Negroes there. <laughs> Negro. Now, I don't know how you spell Negro, but that's how she pronounced Negro. She really did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I looked at her like, you're fucking kidding me, aren't you? Oh, I mean, no, 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 they're great. They're great, great people. I've always loved the people from Canada, but I really felt I had a relationship with the people from Canada after SCTV introduced me to Doug and Bob McKenzie. Oh, God. I yeah. loved yeah, these guys. That was great. I just loved them. How much of the SCTV stuff has inspired the comedy um, 
that seems to kind of permeate Canada because they're wonderful Canadian you mean comics. Oh God, Canada. yes, wonderful Canadian comics and actors that populate the American scene, the U.S. scene, and uh, you always there's there's a little something of SCTV. There's a little something about that oh, uh, Toronto yeah. Second City element that comes out without it. Without a doubt, like it would, uh, I don't know if there would be at least my, my generation and and a little bit below me, but um, SCTV was on the air so much when we were growing up. I mean, it because you know the government regulation. I think sixty percent of whatever's on television has to be Canadian content. So SCTV was popular, so they would just run the hell out of it. <laughs> so like we could we we can recite the sketches and and of course all those actors are such. Uh, you know, grow huge names. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at a whole generation of stand-ups that are that are influenced by that uh, by that show, absolutely. And 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 myself included, I, I loved it. That's uh, and I I grew up on a farm. We only had three channels, so it was, <laughs> well, it was one of the only things we would watch. You know, do you mix uh, your uh, Canada heritage and background into the act? Uh, I don't, um, but yeah, because you know, in England, um, it's it's sort of been done for sure. So uh, as soon as you start comparing Canada to to anywhere in Europe, the the audience sort of rolls their eyes, like, "Oh shit, here comes this joke again." So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so all the yeah. all the acts there, and and there's some really really popular Canadian acts in in Europe. So um, so that that's that's way gone. So. Uh, I, I don't personally, but um, uh, I, I try to. I try to just keep it down the middle, and and uh, and and yeah. So cool. Well, I will tell you this. Maybe it's because I am from Minnesota. I don't know, but I do remember back in yeah the early seventies, mid seventies. Uh, I got people got very very pissed off at me because I'd talk to them about sketch comedy on television. And I'd say, why do you even bother watching Saturday Night Live when you can watch either Monty Python or SCTV? They're much better. And in my opinion to this day, they're far superior to Saturday Night Live, both of them. Uh, SCTV, to me, was one of the greatest things ever on television. That's hilarious. I mean, so many of the different characters. Just fabulous. And again, Monty Python began airing on PBS in, in America. Don, was that, 1972? Yeah, about that. About 72. Yep. And Saturday Night Live began around the same time, didn't it? Somewhere in there. 76. Oh, was it 76? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so over over a period, 76, 77, 78, uh, I, I just said, why do you watch Saturday Night Live? It sucks compared to, to SCTV and Monty Python. And then uh, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. And then I'm going to make you jealous right after that, Paul. Okay. Very, very jealous. Um I was watching an episode of Undeclared, which was a great uh, Judd Apatow TV series that was out about 12, 13 years ago. And on an episode, it says, Saturday Night Live hasn't been funny in 10 years. So that would have made it 23 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. I just was never, never... Well, the Billy Crystal, uh, Christopher Guest... Year, I, it was hilarious. That yeah, that year. was good. And there were some sketches I thought were funny, but Saturday Night Live. I've never been a big fan of Saturday Night Live. I just, it's just when you stack it up against SCTV. You didn't like it when when was Phil Hartman on there? Oh yeah, I did like Phil Hartman. Yeah, Very he good. was great. Yeah. Yeah. Very good yeah, point. And the good. and the Farley years, you know, I, I really yeah. like Chris. Um, but yeah, and and SCTV, what they did with the budget, either they had no budget. Right. So, uh, comparing those two is hilarious because those guys. I mean, like, if you think back, like, the makeup and all, like, it was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no, right. <laughs> but it right. was still absolutely phenomenal. So I get I mean, that. you want to talk about no budget, SCTV mm-hmm. literally didn't have a budget. Yeah, they that's what, not, yeah. I mean, they were, they were putting that on inside of Band and television studio. It's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking. It's uh, it was unbelievable what they did, and and it really was just an access cable. You know, like it just uh, yeah. And and Tom Green did the same thing, the exact mm-hmm. same yeah. start. Right. Yep. Right. They got the joke. Things like taking a rock and roll show, <laughs> Mel's rock pile, and Mel had no personality at all. It was perfect. Eugene Levy. It was just perfect. Hey, how you doing? Mel's rock pile. Here's a I was. It was perfect comedy. It was hilarious. Now here's the here, here's the jealousy part. 
So uh, two days ago, I did an interview with a fellow Canadian, uh, Laura Vandervoort. You know Laura? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, is she the greatest. Amazing. She is just, well, she's got a new show coming out called Bitten, where she plays the uh, world's only female werewolf. <laughs> Uh-huh. Can't get uh, enough of those. And I believe yeah. it starts. I think it starts on Saturday night. Uh, I think it's on. God, I can't remember. It's on two different networks. I know that though. It's on. Uh, I'm trying to track it down, but on IMDb it just says airing soon on TV. Oh, it's on Sci-Fi. <laughs> okay. And then there's another channel. It's on. Is there a is there one a channel just called Space? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on Space on on. Saturday night, and then on Monday night, this coming Monday night, it's on Sci-Fi. But Laura Vandervoort, for the second year in a row, voted one of the 100 sexiest women in the world. So I asked her a question. I said, you know, it's the same thing I've asked my wife over and over again. I said, you know, when you're that beautiful, when guys are hitting on you, do you even know it? Because everyone treats you special. Don't you think that the really pretty women are treated special by everyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. It would just all be clutter you know and <laughs> tom here's a, a fact you don't know but uh, laura, right. laura and i've had sex oh jesus <laughs> yeah. you don't, yeah. don't ever talk to me again okay but i mean i just I, 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 I put it out there oh yeah, alex is here alex is here she's eating my tabbouleh i brought her tabbouleh can't get a word in what do you want me to do <laughs> you can't get a word in. well you can't hear anything you have a she's got her There's hat that. on she's got to wear her hat and her headsets over her hat it feels nice to have a toasty head. And it's not a normal hat. It's like those big Russian furry really serious. Yeah, it's more like a Canadian hat. It's yeah. trying to make you feel at home. I appreciate it. Thank you. I think it's a wonderful thing, actually. Yep. Yeah, I know the hat you're wearing, as a matter of fact. The one that yep. Don and Paul were just talking about. What are they called again? It's a good hat. Those hats? I don't know. I don't know what the official name is, but I I know that Sergeant Preston of the Yukon wore the hat very much like that. Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) those are the facts that got you in bed with uh, Carol. (laughs) 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 Mr. Meyerhog, I do find it hilarious that Americans cannot get into Canada if they've gotten a DUI. Oh, Are you yeah. bullshitting me? No, we don't like that. <laughs> no, that's that's a fact. That yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, it's funny, uh, and a lot of comics run into that problem because they wouldn't, they don't think about it, you know. <laughs> oh, and they, no. they they come up, you know, they take a gig in Canada and they get there, and sorry, and then I've talked to I'm I'm say, countless comics that they're like, yeah, I got to the border and those sons of bitches wouldn't let me in. Yeah, I don't know why we take that uh, to so seriously. I, I guess any well, just uh, criminal offense, uh, you're you're not welcome. After well, they, seven years, they wipe that out, though, right? Oh, seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Absolutely. So yes. I did not know city. that. Yeah, within seven years, I think. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I could never go fishing in Canada. <laughs> called a trapper hat. <laughs> it's just, a trapper hat. Yeah. <laughs> trapper hat. It's called a trapper it's hat. A trapper hat. Yeah. That's right. I just think it's really unfair that I don't drink and I never got a DUI. It's just not fair. That isn't. It's not that you right. couldn't have gotten one. Oh, never. Yeah. Never. That's <laughs> all I have to do. Now I'm starting to talk like Paul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of Irish. Irish. It is a Irish. But you have to say Canada. 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 So a lot of comedians would come. Um, I, I want to know. So you were on XM. Is that? I didn't know you were on XM. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I got on when I did the Boston competition. I met uh, a really, oh, yeah. yeah, nice guy from XM, and and they really treat me well. They're spinning a lot, uh, so they took my new album um, just last year, and they're they're playing it quite a bit. So that's great. Well, you should host a show on Sirius. That'd be a good idea. Well, yeah, can, let's make let's call uh, let's call New York and get that going. I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Get that going. No, I'd be good. I think you know a little broad appeal. Right, yeah. You know, see? Yeah, yeah. The week I could do it live from London. You could do it live from now. How often do you are you in London? I mean, you do you return you return home how often? I am in Europe uh, ten months a year. I come home and I do the December season in in Alberta, and then one club run in January, which I'm on right now, and mm-hmm. uh, and then the rest is. Uh, the rest is Europe, but also Europe. Uh, they, out of the UK, books Asia, Australia, Middle East, um, and and all over Scandinavia as well. So I'm actually not in London too often, but mm-hmm. um, 
but uh, yeah, based out of based out of North London. Where, uh, North London, not the West End. I thought you might be in the West End. Oh, I wish. I, I wish, fair. darling. I wish. <laughs> no, no, I'm in uh, I'm Islington in the in the Muswell Hill, North London. Okay. Who is the American that lives in London now? He looks like uh, an old Wild West gunfighter. Damn it, Rich Hall. Not Rich Hall. What? <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't not? Rich Hall. Who? Uh, he, and he, he loves to use the c word. Oh, Loves what's it. his face? Oh, what the hell? Oh, is yes, what's his face? I knew. <laughs> yes, no, that's I what know you're looking for. Was. You're welcome. Damn it, Catherine! You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> the guy about. that we've had on. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. That I can't um, be around. It's so sad that yeah, Alex can't even be. Paul, it's hilarious. He starts throwing out the big C, and she just gets up and leaves. You can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can see his <laughs> face, and I cannot think of his name. I know his face with his stupid uh, curly like hair. He's a comic. Well, right. He's a comic. He's been on a show. Yeah. You just take your tabouli and leave as soon as the c word's been thrown out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah that's it oh jesus paul she got to, she got her she's a vegetarian so don't talk to her okay what? you'll never hear the end of it what? <laughs> you'll never hear the end of it oh paul you don't eat uh, a horrible elk or anything do you that'll be the next <laughs> elk elk yeah. doesn't bother me one bit <laughs> so the bigger the animal it's okay like if, it, if it's a moose then you're <laughs> Ever once in my life tried to convince another person to become a vegetarian? No, that's true. Thank you very much. That's true. You just bitch at your father constantly about everything. I just bitch at you about your diet, not necessarily that you eat meat. I don't care that you eat meat at all. (laughs) Is that what I sound like? Was that spot on impression? That was a very, very good impression, Alex. I think you should listen to it. I need to clean up my. Go back and listen to the tape. My speech. Because this is something you need to face. You were talking, and you thought you were, you were making perfectly clear English sense. Yeah, no. But no, you weren't. I you just sounded just like your father's. <laughs> All these years. I made it to 24 and didn't even... No one ever told me. You sound no like one Thanks for finally letting me know. Paul, how long do you have? How long can you stay? Oh, I'm good. I, I'm I'm doing nothing today. I think my my show's at seven thirty or something. Seven thirty. Yeah. Anything we... to get out of that mall, you know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I can see other people. I'm talking to people. It's great. Second in size to the mall in Edmonton, though. That's right. And they keep on having a battle. I think that right. the they Mall keep of America will. Uh, yeah, they'll yes. add a section. They're in doubling Edmonton. the size of the yeah. Mall of America. What? what? Doubling it. Yeah. Doubling it. What? Yeah. They're yeah. doubling so it? Yeah, the Gervasian brothers up there in uh, Edmonton uh, right. actually built this one down here. So the, uh, the same people who built the mall in Edmonton built the, the Mall of America. Shelby, let me tell point. you something. Yeah, okay. Pronouncing <laughs> it wrong. Possible of America. What's her name? Gervasian? <laughs> Paul. I'm not kidding. Oh, we Alex. Have a, we have a, <laughs> you and your hilarious quips. <laughs> exactly. We have a 93-year-old sports writer in town. He's 93 years old. His name is Sid Hartman. Mm-hmm. And when the Gramazians came to town to build the Mall of American, <clears throat> Sid talks like this. He clears his throat. He saw television doing an interview about the Mall of America because they put it where Met Stadium used to be, where the Twins played the L.A. Dodgers, the World Series, but I tell you, I met this uh, family. They're coming to town to build it. Good people, the Dalmatians. The Dalmatians. The Dalmatians. The Dalmatians. The Dalmatian brothers. They're coming to town. Unbelievable. No sticking playoffs on the best of the Tom Bernard podcast brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from TJ Miller, Olingon Mitra, and Paul Meyerhog. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Tom